different day, same positions, exactly the same positions in the world. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're that even moved. I've, I'm still no. wearing the same underwear and yep. it should be fine. Should be yep. fine. Should we dive into Just it? <laughs> should we dive into it before it all goes to shit? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com and you'll be listening to this hopefully on Spotify and iTunes and the audio version on YouTube. I'm here with my good friend Charlie Robinson, he's the author of The the Octopus of Global Control and also a new book that's coming out, we'll speak about that later in the podcast, and Macroaggressions Podcast which is doing incredibly well. Charlie, the world's gone to shit, it's going even more, every time we talk we both say it's gone even more to shit. So Trump now has had COVID, he's got over COVID, although he's morbidly obese, and he's come out and he's took his mask off, like Superman taking his shirt off, um, revealing his big ass sign. What's going on in your country? It's mental. I have no idea. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I feel like we're watching the worst movie ever made. That's and 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 then it's like or it's like a play, you know. You can hear like the stage director going, "All right, cue, all right, now we're moving to the corona scene. All right, cue the corona. All right, now the corona. Everybody's got coronavirus now in, in the administration. Okay, oh, and okay, he's in the hospital. All right, let's do that. But then let's have him, let's have him come out of the hospital and do a victory lap. That'll be great. And then <laughs> I mean, it the whole thing is like some horrible, poorly written. Poorly directed play starring the the people that you would never want to watch on stage doing the dumbest stuff. And we're like Clockwork Orange, like strapped into the chair, forced to watch this this awful play with our eyes, you know, propped wide open so that we can't turn our heads. Or, I mean, it is it is insanity. And I I mean, it's not our fault. You and I have been trying to fix the world for the last couple of months. And look where we've where we've gotten. We've got ourselves in a situation where where Donald Trump is, you know, is 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 trying to play the role of hero. We've got an election in less than four weeks. Um, You know, I honestly I don't even know. I don't know where we're going from. This is the finale, though. This is like the grand finale. The last couple of weeks, everything's on the table. October surprise that they always talk about, which is they're going to drag out some dirt on somebody. You're going to drag out some dirt on Joe Biden. Biden or Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Imagine my surprise that you're going to find something horrible on these two horrible people. I mean, what? Joe Biden's a pedophile. Yeah, we know that. Donald Trump is a golf cheat. Yes, we know that. I mean, these people are the worst, the worst representatives of mankind. And yet in the United States, our choice for president is between the two of them. We we lose either way. It's it's insane. We keep saying this. It gets worse. We keep saying that. It is taking every ounce of energy in my body to not just say fuck it all, throw the computer away, go to the woods and just have everybody leave me alone. But I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to make the world better. 
I don't there how dare they come in and impose their insane warped worldview on the rest of us and us just sit here and what take it we don't have to take it we absolutely don't have to take it as evidenced by the work that you guys have been doing there in the UK you guys have got it right man you're out in the streets you're protesting you're doing all that stuff in the United States we're just we're just not very good at that we're not we, we go straight to rioting we don't make our our voices heard or anything we just go straight to destruction because that's what we are. That's America. We're just all about destroying things and leaving rubble in our wake and then blaming the other person for how dare you be be here and, you know, make us turn your country into rubble or our own country into rubble these days. And it's just it's been an embarrassment. Um, I'm very disappointed. I'm disappointed in humanity in general. I'm disappointed in American, the American public in particular, because we're still asleep at the. Yeah, there's some people that are out there fighting and, and, and talking about it. But but even still, Richard, the, the, the mask protests always devolve into right versus left, mm. you know, and, and, and that gets us nowhere. It's like it takes you back. You, you start to make some progress. You have people standing up. We're we're ending. We want to end these lockdowns and the masks are stupid. None of it matters. And we're not taking mandatory vaccines. And you're like, yes, yes, yes. Go, go, go. Like and we want Trump to be reelected. And you're like, God Damn it. You just lost everybody here with that. So it's very frustrating. And we've got an election and nothing's going to get solved with it. If anything, it's just going to complicate things. It's a weird time to be in, in America right now. It's a weird time to be on this planet right now. And it's a weird time to be sane on this planet right now. Uh, we, live in, we live in clown world, which is me and Gaz have just been calling it clown world for, for a long, long time. But we knew, we've known this for decades, me, the likes of me and you, and I'm not saying we're, we're overly smart, we've just read the right stuff and we've stumbled across the right people. But in the UK, as you just say, we've got it right. Yep. Up until a point, up until half five in the afternoon, when they all go home and just carry on doing the same shit that they were doing the day before. So yes, they'll go out and peacefully mm-hmm. protest, but none of them really will do anything. They'll go on to the rallies, they'll have a nice day out, it's very British, tea party, and go home. And they're not doing anything. So in a case, in a sense that I think there is a middle ground. I think we're too soft in this country, and maybe the U.S. in a sense is way over the board, burning everything down. There is a middle ground there, and I do think going to protests and doing stuff only does so much. These people are psychopaths. They don't really give a shit whether you disagree with them or not. So there has to be a point where I've said that is this going to have to get to the point where we go to the Houses of Parliament, thirty thousand people, and take the fucking doors off? Or go to yeah. because this is what's happening. You don't reason with a psychopath, and you don't reason with a bully. You either no. ignore them, or you have to use the same tactics they're using on you. Yeah. That's why we're not getting anywhere because we're trying to rationalise with psychopathic, 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 and psychotic people. Yeah, there is no reasoning here, and that's what frustrates me. And I don't know about you, the same is that we are not going to get anywhere by trying to have trying to talk to them, trying to vote, trying to rationalise with them. They don't give a shit. They're happy just to see you scrambling around trying to be Mr. Nice Guy. So where do we go from there? Because I don't condone violence, but also I don't condone someone smashing your door in and sitting on the sofa going, could you stop doing that, please? That's that's not... I don't really want you doing that. There is a a difference here. And it takes me back to, to George Carlin, who really... As a comedian, I think he had the license to say things that a lot of people 
you know, so-called professionals couldn't say, but a lot of us were thinking and he did it, you know, under the guise of comedy. So nobody took it too seriously, but he did have a line that said, nothing's going to change until we start hanging some of these fucking bankers. And he said it on a stage during a comedy show. Mm -hmm. So it gets that sort of free pass, but he's right. He is. There's no incentive for now what we're talking about lately as politicians more, more so than bankers, but bankers are part of the problem as well. Nothing's going to change until there are some real consequences for them. Right now they're protected. There's no incentive. The worst that can happen to them is that everybody winds up hating them and they don't get reelected. Big deal. They're going to go take a job with with BAE Systems as a representative and uh, you know and and go make seven hundred thousand dollars a year uh, pitching you know playing golf with clients and pitching their newest missile systems to the Saudis. You know what I mean? So so oh no, I'm out of office. What a horrible fate. No no, we have to take this much further. There needs to be actual consequences for these people. They need to know that th there is a possibility that they could be dragged out of their homes and mm. have their houses lit on fire. I'm not saying do that, but I'm just saying that in the back of their mind, Chris Hedges tells a great story about this. He wrote, a, he, he's written plenty of books, got his own TV show, he's won a Pulitzer. I mean, the guy knows his stuff. He He's talking about a scene when, um, Nixon is in the White House and he's got Kissinger with him and he's looking out the window and he says and and he's erected he's put buses back to you know in front to back uh, circling the White House to keep the people away because there were so many protests going on and he's sitting there and he's wringing his hands saying to saying Henry they're going to get us they're going to get us Henry and Hedges says that's exactly where you want them that's exactly the mentality that these people have to have. They have to know that it is possible that these people are coming to get them. Now, whether they actually come to get them or not, that's a matter of degree. It depends. Some people deserve to have been come and gotten. You know what I mean? There are some people that no longer are should be allowed to be dictating public policy. Bill Gates is one of them. Mm. Okay, I mean, there's nothing stopping the mob from grabbing Bill Gates and taking that guy to a light pole and hanging him in public. Now, that's murder, of course, and I'm not advocating murder. But what I'm saying is that something as symbolic of that changes the culture and it changes the vibe in the inside the, the society. When you see that, we all have seen the pictures of Mussolini. That put a message to the Italian people. Uh, the Italian people sent that message to their government. We are not on board with this nonsense. You guys have partnered up with the Nazis and we're not having it. And by the way, we got our own leader and we hung him and that's coming for you next. So you better watch yourself. That sort of, you know, that balance between being peaceful and finally having to advocate violence Boy, it's a it's a tough line. Once you cross it, you can't go back. But like you said, psychopaths react differently than than the rest of us. They react differently to stimuluses and and, and, and things like this. They react differently to criticism. They don't hear it. They don't process it the way you and I, you know, somebody if I write, you know, I write the, my first book. If someone puts a, a, a bad review and they're right about some aspect of they're not just saying you suck or whatever, but they've picked out a point and they've hammered me on it and they've made a counterpoint and I know they're right 
and they say I suck, I feel bad. You know, I would feel bad if that happened. I would feel like, oh man, I could have done better. I should. But a psychopathic mentality, they don't see, they don't give a shit about that. They don't care about any of that. So you have to deal with them on, like you said, you have to kind of play their game. And that's a shame because you don't want to play, once you get dragged into playing their game, you know, you're, first of all, you're probably at a disadvantage, but, but in order to get their attention, there has to be consequences. And the consequences that psychopaths fear the most are, you know, getting grabbed and thrown in, in a, in a prison cell or getting, you know, stoned to death by, by an angry mob, but they don't even consider that a possibility because they haven't seen it. I've never seen a banker go to prison. I've never seen a politician get dragged out in cuffs out of Capitol Hill and taken down to, to the, you know, to the police station. I've never seen the head of, of a bank, you know, that that's rigged LIBOR or Forex or Comex or all these market players spoof gold that, that just was busted for, you know, JP Morgan. I haven't seen Jamie Dimon being dragged out and hung charged or any of this stuff and neither have they more importantly they have never seen any of this so they don't think that it's a possibility we need to make sure that these people see that there are consequences for their action because that's the only way that we have a chance for them pulling back or changing course or getting rid of them altogether that that's why the that's why the q fallacy hope porn of rounding up all of these guys and taking them to Gua the expanded Guantanamo Bay is so tantalizing mm -hmm. because you know inside your soul that that's about the only thing that that's going to stop this stuff is if all these maniacs get rounded up and sent somewhere they get sent to a, a, a new version of uh, Nuremberg or something like that you know a new a new trial where there's actual consequences not some sort of you know Iraqi show trial where they just start pulling people out of the audience and taking them out back and shooting them you know that's one thing that's one way to do it but but to have some general and actual consequences for these people in my opinion is the first step because right now they don't feel them, and I don't blame them for not feeling them because they haven't had a reason to feel that there's any sort of consequences. They've been their negative behavior has been positively reinforced over the years because they just keep getting away with crime after crime after crime. And you know, listen, if you're running J.P. Morgan and you rig this and you make a hundred billion dollars and your fine is two billion dollars. Who in your board of directors is going to give you a hard time about that? That's a keep doing that. Nobody went to prison. You pay a fine, but you made 50 times more money. Pfft. Let's keep doing that. How many more markets can we rig? Oh, but it's illegal. Who cares? Nobody's going to prison. So so this sort of thing, George Carlin, back to Carlin. I, you know, if Carlin were alive, man. I would hope that he would be writing history books because his version of reality seemed to be more in line with with what you and I see when we look out when we look out our window or when we turn on the internet and things like that. We see a different version of of reality that fits more with how George Carlin described it as opposed to how Joe Biden describes it. There's so much to unpack there and it, uh... And that I starts know. with, I mean, a little I a, bit. I can't stop. I no, get, no, 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 I, no, I, don't, I don't mean like that. What we're talking about, about right now is I've not heard people speak like this on podcasts. It needs to happen now. We need a fire lit under our ass. And what, what, what I meant by so much to unpack under that, I meant was, look, I don't think, for just first quick point, as I don't think Trump is a psychopath. I think he's a narcissist because he cares what people think of him. 
He wants to be Mr. Popular. So therefore, yep. I don't think he's as dangerous. I think he's an idiot. Well, no, I don't think he's an idiot. I just think he's an, he, he's pliable to he's malleable because he wants to be popular. So he's not a psychopath yep. like Biden and like Fauci and like Bill Gates and even probably like Boris Johnson is. Um, but so that's there's there's that. But what I wanted to just pick up on there was what you were talking about. What you're talking about there's like like a it's not aggression. It's it's fire in your belly. And I think over the last 25, 30 years, that fire in their belly, especially in men, has been completely smothered with this fucking LBGTQ bollocks, this men wearing tartan dresses that come out the other the other day. There is I no fire in the post. belly. Of, I know. <laughs> That's been, oh, you can't offend me. This woke mentality has stopped the fight in the fight in women and men. The fire in the belly has been put out out of fear. We need that fire back. We need that fire back in people to go, no, I'm not going to fucking have this. And people like me and you do this, and even like Gareth, Gareth Ike and David Ike's of the world and the Richie Allens of the world, we still have that fire in us. No, fuck off. Mm. Not having it. No, fuck off. When you're bullied at school, no, fuck off. Not having it. Now, everyone's so wet. There's salads. Like, in this generation that's coming up, it is a salad generation. And they're so easily stamped upon and i think that's that's really really hit home now is that now we we are dealing with the older generation like our generation we're not far completely i think you're a few years older maybe not many um we still got that far in our belly but there's a few generations below me that haven't and they're the ones that yeah. we're kind of trying to basically shield from what's coming but they're so weak Will they are weak, weak physically weak, mentally weak. You know they they need safe. I wrote a chapter about this in the new book called. Uh, in this this chapter is called uh, Generation X Y Y, um, because it's the blending of these genders and everything. And it is safe spaces for snowflakes and 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 trigger warnings and stuff like that. Um, so it is. I, I place some of the blame for this on universities and colleges uh, in the United States. And it, 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 I'm not talking worldwide, although I'm sure it's a worldwide thing. But but here in the United States, they have gone, you know, it had always been like, well, some schools are sort of liberal and some schools are kind of conservative. Well, it seems like they're all liberal now. But that this idea that you're going to that college and university is this place where where you go from 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, whatever, a couple, you know, four or five years, you go there and it, you get an education and it prepares you for the world. How are you preparing somebody for the world when you're giving them a safe space in your, in your school? Mm. That is the exact opposite of preparation, that you are enabling insanity. You are teaching these kids that if they have a problem when they get out into the real world with their boss, they're going to ask for a safe space or they're going to say, you triggered me and that boss is going to say, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're fired. I don't like you. I don't like this. Take this garbage and get out. And now what's going to happen is that they'll have the ACLU at there, you know, suing you for like discrimination because you didn't give this guy his safe space or you said something that made his feelings hurt. Tough shit. Welcome to reality, man. Not everything is going to be nice and sweet and sensitive and loving and caring. You're going to have to go out into the big bad world and you're going to have to stand up for yourself. But that has been bred out of politics. 
all the chemicals that are in the food or in the in our air or if it's just a, a you know a television programming that's done this or if it's if it's hormone blockers that have that you know that, that have screwed with 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 your with your development, I don't know if it's vaccines, but something has happened. This idea, this concept of soy boys and all that, it's real. It's not theoretical. Go to Starbucks and look at all the people that are working there that are like in their early 20s. They're all a bit androgynous. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit much. Maybe not all. <laughs> there is a percentage of them yeah, that, that are a bit androgynous. Yeah. Yeah. To a point where it, it's very noticeable now on a personal on a personal this is not an attack against the gay and lesbian community and i say this because i grew up in a, in, a, in a town called palm springs california palm springs has a huge gay population i grew up a third a third of the population of palm springs which is about fifty thousand, but the surrounding area is about two hundred thousand. it's well known as a as a a very gay friendly place i grew up there i have nothing but love and respect for the gay community it's not about that that's not what this is. This is something different. This is something far different. This is more than just like, oh, what's that? That's Pat, you know, from Saturday Night Live. Like, it's kind of like an android. Is she a woman? Is she a guy? There's always been some of that. It's disproportionate now. And the transsexual agenda, if you look back on that, like, okay, it, like, Dave, like, like David Icke has said, how can you tell when it's a, the agenda? when it was nowhere and then all of a sudden it's everywhere and i would say that the transsexual trans community agenda is that is exactly that it's an agenda it's everywhere it's five you know it's five-year-old story time with the the transsexuals reading reading books and everything and to be fair I, to be transgendered has got to be incredibly confusing and horrifying and and, and, you know, you're a target in high school. You don't know who, where you fit. It's got to be rough. I, I, I'm not trying to discount that at all. But that's only half of a percent of the population. But it, it gets disproportionate coverage. And so you ask, like, why is that? Who's behind it? There's got to be an agenda. Well, I know who's behind it. The Pritzker family's behind it. If you notice that the governor of, of Illinois is Pritzker, that whole family's there. There's like eight or nine of them, they all have about two and a half billion dollars each. And they come they're made their money from Hyatt hotels or that their family is involved in multinational, you know, all sorts of, you know, big industrialist type family. And they are financing the trans movement. One of them is trans. Maybe that's the reason why, but it is getting hundreds of millions of dollars flowing into it. For what, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to turn Everybody a little androgynous because this is how it's going to work when you get into the fourth industrial revolution and there's robots and AI taking over everything and when you're packed in it. Are they trying – is this a covert depopulation agenda because the trans people aren't breeding? You know, like, There's something going on here and – and part of the reason why you can tell there's something going on here is when you get on this topic and you talk about it in public with people, it's like very polite polarizing like you're not allowed to say that you're not allowed to talk about how dare you you're transphobic i'm not transphobic i'm having the conversation about trans people there's a difference so it's been weaponized in a way and it's like everybody's gay all of a sudden richard don't you know everybody's trans everybody you know but that's not the case that's not statistically the case so it's so we're 
there's something happening with this generation. I think it's chemical. I think it's really, I think it's endocrine blockers and, and, and just endocrine disruptors and things like that that are screwing with kids in utero and making them more, making boys more feminine and making women a little bit more masculine. It's, it's, but it, but either way, no matter whether it's natural, inorganic or whatever, it's just, we're going to reap that in another generation. There will be fewer people because of that. And we know, we, you and I know for sure that the depopulation agenda is high on their list of these globalist maniacs. They want to get rid of us. So what better way to do it than to make it so that less people can breed? And that's why I think we're, we're seeing some of that. We're seeing that, as you just said, these things don't just come from one angle. They hit so many nails on the head. They come from so many different angles. You've got the trans, you've got the, the population angle of that. You've got this kind of in-between, getting rid of the hermetic law, so there is no up, down, left or right. You're just floating around in the middle somewhere. How can you become something if you can be nothing? And I think that's the whole point, is just the confusion floaty. Like, I, I, I kind of was... Like in War of the World, not War of the World, sorry, Brave New World, when they take Soma, there's this kind of feeling of, I'm not going to feel anything. And it's it's a little bit like that. Kids are being trained to not actually feel real feelings. They're getting trained to act feelings or project feelings, but they're not feelings. And it's what used to be called borderline personality disorder, still is now, I believe. But mm. it's a, I don't actually feel these feelings, but I know how to, to replicate them. I know how to act as if I yeah. do. That's what kids are doing now. Because of Instagram, because of um, social media, they, they act their whole entire life is a fucking performance. Everything is a performance. Yeah. So everything they do is a look back at each other. It's a narcissistic thing. So, But you mentioned the bankers there earlier on, and I want to get back to that just briefly, because most people have no idea who are really controlling this from the top down. And everybody goes comes out and says, I know I've jumped thing, but we'll come right back. Who are these they? Now, they're stuck at Trump, Biden, yeah. Gates, these people in the US, and in England it's Boris, Hancock, um, uh, Valance now. They still believe that these people are the ones making the decisions, but no one ever talks about the fucking banking families or the black nobility. Or I never hear anyone talk about the Vatican other than probably... Jordan Maxwell. Now, why well, don't I... people understand? Why are they stuck at the vaudeville WWE show that is politics still? Because we we're never going to get anywhere unless we get past that. That's the that's the that's the reality TV show that everybody's still mm-hmm. stuck at, and we find ourselves commentating on what is really about, even though we know it, we know that that's bollocks, but we still comment on Trump and this and that that but actually in the back of my mind I'm always thinking it doesn't really matter the, the bankers will choose another little puppet to put in so can you mm-hmm. just explain to someone who doesn't understand how this works from the top down to the to the banking level and then the people yeah yeah so for so it reminds me this 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 show that we're watching where it's like you said, it's the Trumps and Borises of the world, and we're, we're we're all debating whether or not these guys are good guys or coming to save us or they're bad guys or whatever. It reminds me of Plato's allegory of the cave where you're just watching shadows on the wall and you're making up the stories about these shadows. And in reality, and one of the guys, you know, breaks free, goes out and says, no, 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 we're all wrong. There's a whole new world out there. There's all kinds of things. What we think we're seeing, these shadows – 
in these stories that we've made up to to you know about the shadows it's all it's all nonsense it's no 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 comes but the problem is if you know the allegory of the cave that when he comes back the others want to kill him want because he's talking about what's really out there and they don't want that they want the fantasy they want what they're comfortable with they want what they think they know because to unknow that and learn something else is is very scary so right now we currently live in the paradigm where the problems are all caused by our government and the people in government and that has that's the story and to a certain extent that is that is true but the problem is that that's only part of it there's people above them that have a much bigger role in this that if you're if you think about it like the people up here it's smart they don't want it it it's best to rule from the shadows you know it's best to keep your your identity and your intentions hidden let these other cutouts do all the work let them take the blame for it let them take the praise for it you know let them take the take whatever put them there to focus everybody's attention because while everyone's focused here you're running around the back doing what you really want to do which is looting this place and changing the world in the way you know into the the version of of reality that you want and it is it is these banking families that have been in control for a very long time that have accumulated the sort of wealth we can't even imagine forget Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos isn't even in the top hundred of the richest people in the world. He's a he's a figurehead. He's got a lot of money, but he doesn't have the sort of wealth that that the Vatican has, that the Queen has, that the Rothschilds have, that the Rockefeller families and the Duponts and the Morgans and in you just go on and on and on. Those people have real wealth. Forget the Walton family. The Walton family owns Walmart, owns a lot of Walmart stock, and they're doing really well. But who set up these channels between, you know, for Walmart to manufacture their products in China? Who set those up? Rockefellers did with Kissinger. These guys, these sorts of maniacs are on another level. And they run the media. They own the media. They own it. They literally own the media. So you're not going to so you're not going to get Anderson Cooper or one of these talking heads that's going to do some exposé on on how the the banking families above them are actually controlling everything cuz that'll never get on the air because they own the airwaves. So it's it's so first of all it's not it's not surprising that most people don't understand this. Uh because the people that are in a position to explain it uh, the media are paid not to explain it. So so you're you're left on your own to try and search out this information and that's a that's a tough place to be because you don't even know that you're supposed that you need to be searching for it, let alone where it is, you know. So so the first step is like you said, you like guys like us have have come across the right books to read, you know. Confessions of an Economic Hitman for me woke me up to the banking component of this, the IMF and the World Bank. Uh, David's books woke me up to other aspects of it. You know, Graham Hancock's Fingerprints of the Gods woke me up to a much bigger version of, of that history is totally fraudulent and that the reality of of what this planet that we live on is much different. So there, so if you get these books, it starts you thinking about – I mean hopefully maybe people will consider my Octopus book to be a book that gets them thinking about – I've gotten good reviews from it. People have said it certainly got me thinking about different things. Perfect. That's the point. Get you thinking. I don't want to tell you what to think or 
or how to think, but just maybe remind you to think, you know, to think about it differently, to realize that some of these channels that we get our information are, are, are incorrect. So, so banking families, royal, you know, bloodline banking families, good luck. Good luck learning that in history class or seeing that on your nightly news or watching a PBS documentary on it. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to. They're not there. Hell, you can barely even get a, a decent documentary about Jeffrey Epstein on TV. You're certainly not going to get one that's five levels above him, uh, you know, t talking about what they're up to. So it, we're at a disadvantage, but it's not to say that there's no hope for us. You just have to be proactive about finding this information and learning about it. Like you said, Jordan Maxwell, the Vatican. people need to know more about the Vatican. They're up to no good there. They've been up to no good for a long time. So um, at the city of London, I think people should watch a great documentary called mm. The Spider's Web. There's the second British or the I think it's called the, the second British Empire or something like that. Um, fascinating look at how the overt physical British empire of control in India and, and, you know, and all over the world and disappeared and was replaced covertly by a, a secret offshore banking empire, which is probably even more dangerous. So, so when people start to say, well, God, you know, I, I don't know much about these, about banking and banking's really boring and I don't want to, okay, then think about this. Ask yourself, why do banking havens like the Cayman Islands and Bermuda and Jersey and Liechtenstein and Switzerland and Monaco, why do these places all exist? What is their purpose? Their purpose is to launder money for those banking families. That's what they're doing. There's trillions and trillions of dollars offshores flowing through these banking establishments, in, in banking havens, and it's all totally legal. And the secrecy is legal as well. In fact, in Switzerland, it's illegal for them to give the information on the banks to anybody. So gun to their head, they're not allowed to give it out. Now, that could change, of course, but this is but it's probably not because the people that would ever be in a position to make the rules to change it would be in place by the people above them that don't want it changed. So it's not going to change. So there's a lot of this going on. And it gets normalized. Like I've been to the Cayman Islands and I've been downtown Grand Cayman and there's, you know, there's buildings and everything. And I was there talking to a, a taxi driver and he said, that building over there has 27,000 companies in it. Bet you didn't think that they would hold 27,000 companies. I'm like, that building looks like a, like a little strip mall, like a little mailbox place. He's like, that's what it is. It's a mailbox place. It's got 27,000 companies registered there. I'm like, God damn. So this is happening. This is how this money flows. This is why, you know, this is why Wall Street never goes to, you know, never the people never go to prison because they're con the people that would put them in prison are controlled by the people that are running the banking industry. So it's 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 tough to get people excited about banking because it's really boring out on its surface, but it's super important. In fact, of the eight tentacles in, of the octopus that I wrote about, I consider the banking tentacle to be the most dangerous without question because they finance the wars. Yeah, the military fights the wars and drops the bombs and everything, and that's overt terror. But the banking tentacle makes it all possible. It really, really does. And um, people don't realize the esoteric 
things behind some of this banking as well. Like you mentioned that, I mean, we all know the old saying, all roads lead to Rome. People don't even realise that London was uh, called the New Troy. It was it was set up as New Troy. It was supposed to be a re reemergence of the the um, Roman Empire. It's, it's Londonia afterwards, and then London. You got to look into these esoteric. So if you're bored of banking, look into the esoteric side of it because that's fascinating when you look back to all of mm. these things and how they actually move with looking into um, to the planets and the Anunnaki and and things like mm -hmm. like um, I found out the other day just weird shit like Lady Gaga's made named after I think it's Pluto which is named Gaga and Gaga mm. was like the um, kind of gopher for Saturn the planet so. Sorry, Pluto was the gopher for Saturn in the planetary systems, and that's playing out now. So now she's the gopher for for Satanism in the music industry. And you look at these mm -hmm. things, and that's how these people operate. So if you're really bored of looking at banking, there is an esoteric side of what they do as well. Yeah. And that's Sabatini and Frankis, as David Icke calls them. Um, that goes right back to um, Mayor Amschel, Rothschild, um, Jacob Frank, um, and Sabatai Zevi before him. And... Um, uh, Adam Wise Up of uh, Bavarian mm. Illuminati. The, these things, guys, are the, the very, very top of what we're saying. And I'm sure Charlie probably knows even more than I do that it goes even above this. I've seen some names at the Vatican that I've never even heard of. And it looks almost like this. It's it's a, um, a mobs, a gangs. This is, these are gangsters, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It's organized crime. It's organized crime. And, and, and speaking of the esoteric uh, blending in with the banking, last year I was in London and I was in the city of London. And for those that don't know, there is London and then there's the city of London, which is a Vatican, Washington, D.C. style sort of city unto itself. It's and when you mile. get into yeah. – yeah, it's a square mile. It's not big, but it, it there's some ceremony that goes on. The queen does something where she allows them to stay or they allow her to stay. It's very weird. Um, but when you get there, when you get in, in – and there's signs that you know you can tell when you get there. But I was on the top of a – I was in the open part of a double-decker bus just you know doing the touristy thing, going through. And I had been up all night flying. Uh, hadn't slept at all and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon and I was sitting on that thing and it was nice and sunny and I was feeling like I was about to fall asleep but I could tell I started looking I, I, what caught my eye was I saw a big dragon yeah. and I was like I bet you were in the city of London and then I I was looking around and then I hear the person doing the tour thing you know the thing saying you know we've now crossed into the city of London and I was like I started looking and I noticed dragons everywhere because yeah. dragons guard the gold you know there's you know and then we can get into i mean that the, and what are dragons you know it's that reptilian representation of this whole thing well it's like oh that's crazy stuff sure it's crazy no doubt about it but they believe it yeah they're the ones that commissioned the statues of the dragons and put it there they could have picked anything they could have picked Mickey Mouse or, you know, a dog or something, but they've got dragons. There's a bunch of dragons all throughout that city. So I think that there's something to it. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance and guys wear different outfits and they do all these things. There's a lot of symbolism. And you posted earlier today um, the picture of the the op grand opening ceremonies of CERN yeah, that and mad. that sort of yeah. madness. Yeah. And if you've ever watched the video of it, it is I, I mean, it is like 
it looks like Danny Boyle directed. Let's be honest. I mean, it looks like something yeah. straight out of the opening ceremonies for the for the 2012 London Games. Yeah. It is. There's demons. There's children. There's like fire walkers, and 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 there's there's people dressed like devils and all kinds of crazy. And you're like, uh, you guys are opening like a science place here. Mm. <laughs> this is a this is for science, and you've got half human, half dog people, and like I mean crazy the cr- like like your worst nightmare on acid. Yeah. Was the opening ceremonies of CERN, which is the Large Hadron Collider, which is, you know, testing for the God particle and all this. And you've got Shiva the Destroyer statue out front. That's not good. That That's a, that's an indicator of maybe something bad going on there. Uh, Can you explain I mean, what Shiva every, is cause to, to the audience? I, I don't know what it is. I actually was with a guy the last multi-armed, week. And what does it mean? Shiva's the... Shiva is the Indian symbol, the the multi-armed Indian symbol that has swords and everything like that. But it is Shiva the Destroyer. The, I, it, it's Oppenheimer talked about that. It remind when he after he dropped the bomb, he says it reminds me of this, this this term from this uh, text from the Bhagavad Gita, which says, "Now I am I am become God, destroyer of worlds, or something like that." You know, and it's like, holy shit you're you're creating this underground cern facility in which you're searching for the god particle and the logo the symbol the statue that you put out in front is shiva the destroyer destroyer of worlds I, i got a bad feeling about this you know so it's like we've talked about this before their their symbols will be their undoing because there's a code now we think of these people as being, you know, without ethics and without morals, but I would argue that they just have a different set of ethics and a different set of morals yeah. to them. Whereas where they need to tell you what they're doing before they do it, it's pretty obvious because they're doing that all the time. If you were really trying to be a good thief, you wouldn't tell anyone what you were doing. You would just be quiet about it all. But they don't do that. They tell you what they're doing before they do it, then they do it. It's kind of coded and you have to kind of figure it out. But they t- so is that some sort of cosmic karma? Is that some sort of rule? Is that the is that or is that part of the laws of their god, their dark god that they have to you know that you absolve yourself of any sort of sin or retribution from others if you tell everybody what you're doing it's a weird mentality i'm i don't understand it fully but it seems to be that that is that is what they do and so we get things like city of london guarded by dragons we get cern opening ceremonies we get statues of of baphomet in parks and things like that and you're like what is this why are you doing this so there's there's something going on and 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 the greatest cover story they've got is that, oh, that's crazy. If we were really doing something this evil, surely we wouldn't be doing it right out in public in front of you and telling you that we're doing it, right? And you go, yeah, that sounds right. You wouldn't be doing that. So therefore, it must not be happening. Ah, but it is. So so it, it it's interesting for us. Like it just depends for people that are into these topics like – 
how deep do you want to get? I mean, do you want to stay surface level and argue about the government? We can do that for sure. There's plenty, plenty to talk about. Do you want to take it the next step and, and start talking about the banking family? Sure. Okay. What about their religion? What about what they're into? What about why there's always a pull into pedophilia? Why? What about that? Like, how dark do you want to go? Because it can get dark and a lot of people don't want to go there. I understand because, you know, you just feel like you feel dirty. You feel like it's contaminating your soul. But I think it's important for us to have the discussions about this because so many people just automatically and reflexively dismiss it. Like there's no possible way any of this stuff could be happening out there because it just sounds too crazy. That is not a legitimate defense against this. That does not just because it sounds crazy. That doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of things that sound crazy that are actually happening. And so bank rule by banking family that are covert and in the shadows, you know, some people will say, oh, that sounds pretty convenient that your boogeymen are always in the shadows. Well, yeah, where would you expect them to be? If I was a boogeyman, I'd be in the shadows too, letting all the people that I control do all the dirty work for me so that I could stay hidden and stay, you know, under wraps. So there's a lot of this going on, but, but people don't either are unwilling or unable to process it and get that dark with it. But, uh, but, uh, banking families is a good place to start. Yeah. I think what people also don't realize and I think they massively miss and they ask is why would they bother? And what they don't realize is that this is, this is unfolding over hundreds of thousands of years. They're playing their part within a lineage. So they're brought up to say, this is your role here, and it's your God-given yeah. right to serve this role, and you will be a good person if you pay your part in the lineage of carrying this over. So they're not doing it for just personal gains. They're doing it to fulfill a prophecy. And then we come to the prophecies. Now, a lot of people don't realise this. That it seems to be, to me, a concerted effort to rebuild a Solomon's temple in the Middle East, in Jerusalem, to fake or to bring on a version, a technological version of the rapture, this this whole second coming. To, and, and as this goes on, it goes into transhumanism. I believe they're going to try and fulfill this prophecy of a second coming, a rapture, and, um, and, a, and a new Solomon's temple and temple mount in, in Jerusalem. But they're going to do it they're, do, they're trying to do it this time round through technology. So they'll have the rapture will be the upload for people's Neuralink up to the cloud. That'll be your rapture. And, it, and then mm -hmm. there'll be a culling of people that won't do that. Possibly that might just be in the guise of you're ostracised and you're not part of the game. You'll have to go Brave New World style and live in the Savage Lands because you're not part of this. Then there'll be the Messiah. And the Messiah that's the will, best case scenario. That's the best case <laughs> scenario. That's me being optimistic, yeah. yeah. And then the Messiah would be a system, a, a building on Temple Mount that's AI driven. It's just an AI hub controlled by the banking families. This is their Sabbatean version of the prophecies that they believe in. They believe themselves to be the descendants or the yet yeah, the descendants and um, bloodline descendants of the Anunnaki, the guys who created man. We were created to be servants, not we as souls, but our physical bodies depending on what you believe, or created to mine gold because they couldn't be asked. And then we got we <laughs> too many of us, and they believe that we're the ones... When you see these things like the Great Reset, or you're to blame for great, for global warming and, and, and all of this stuff, and now we're the virus and we're the problem, that's the way they see us, because they were brought yeah. up to see us as, actually, we're lucky to be on their planet. We're lucky to be here. That's the way they see us. That's why 
they see us like animals like like yeah well like we treat animals well because we're decent human beings and we love animals but to them we're nothing more than ants and cattle and goyim and um and it's not a jewish plot it's not a jewish thing it's a sabbatean thing that will use any religion anything hide behind anything but i believe that that's that's the technocracy version of what they're trying to do talk to me about your understanding of the prophecies because i believe that's the the religion part of what you were talking about these banking families have is their belief system i've always felt that way that the, the people in positions of of power and wealth and control view us as taking up space on their planet that 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 everything would just be a whole lot better if we could get rid of the the rest of these people um and sometimes when i go to walmart i understand where they're coming from <laughs> i was gonna say that earlier on <laughs> sometimes you think you know all right we've tried <laughs> and I, I get that i kind of do you find sorry just about do you find oh, yourself yeah. kind of agreeing a little bit more lately with the, that i do sometimes and it's yeah. i do sometimes and I, and, and I but but to me it's i find myself agreeing with it and having a laugh about it yeah. but but i would never think or obviously do the next step which is okay Let's sit down and figure out how we're actually going to get rid of these people. There's been a lot of times when I'm like, these people here have got to go. But I'm not saying they've got to go like be removed from the planet. They just have to go out of my way. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the people in positions of power that see that, that, like you said, they see this as it's multi-generational. We've seen that. They're, they don't expect to be here when it all comes to fruition they know that like you said they're playing a part in you know they're playing a role that's why they, it's family related they screw their kids up early you know and traumatize them either through sexual uh situations or mk ultra type trauma-based mind control all these things sound outrageous the first time you hear it but but boy look into it it's real and it's part of it and, and this this happens and so they 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 get their their bloodlines on board with this early on and then they're given a mission and their mission you know varies but it is to continue is to play their role in this part in this whole um you know theater that, that they're experiencing and they want to remove us from the planet or at, at the very least just keep control over us now that had always been difficult but it still happened to an extent, slavery and banking slavery and things like that and wars. I mean you can control the people to a certain extent. You can't control all of them. But now – and Zbigniew Brzezinski mentioned this in talking about the, the you know in between two ages in his book. He said – talk about the technocratic takeover and how it now it's actually possible to control the whole world through technology. Whereas it had been the dream of these sociopaths for a long, long time. But now it actually is possible. So we're starting to see things like the space fence being built and AI and 5G and the World Economic Forum's fourth industrial revolution. And they lay it out there. I mean, they tell you what they want. Now, <clears throat> whether or not they're going to be able to actually put that into place, you know, it, it remains to be seen. But it won't be for a lack of effort on their part because they're certainly going to try. They've got the powerful, <laughs> rich people that that have that are that can make the decisions they've got them and they know what they want to do it's just a matter of actually making it happen and the only thing that's standing in the way are people like us and increasingly larger groups of us that are coming to this awakening and it's not to say you you don't have to have everything figured out 
in order to play a positive role in, in this awakening. You, you, and, and for some people it'll just be certain components really jump out at them and that's what gets them interested and they get involved and they, they make, maybe it's because they, they were sexually abused as kids. They saw what that does. They see the trauma based mind control. They see this happening through these bloodline and they want to make a, a big stink against child exploitation. Great. Do that. Make as much noise as you can, but that's only one part of this. There's there's many parts, and it's and it's not to say that you have to understand it all in order to be uh, important and effective in bringing about this change. If you want to specialize in the things that interest you, good, whatever, get into it. Just get involved and start talking about this and start trying to make some changes because the way they're going right now, we're running out of time. Yeah. If they get five G and they get AI in place, and they get us in self-driving cars where we can't get out and make our own, you know, or they get us in vaccine programs where we have to have vaccine health passports before we get on airplanes. Have you seen the one in Ireland? They've brought it out in Ireland already. What's that? Sorry, the the health passport's been launched in Ireland. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and And it's coming. It's coming everywhere. And I'm not taking the vaccine under any circumstances. And so if that that means maybe I don't get the health passport and then I don't get to go on a plane. So it's now officially it will have officially changed my world. So you think it's bad taking your shoes off before you get on an airplane to check for liquids, gels or something that might be like I'm going to put together some sort of bomb out of some liquid gel that I've got in my shoes and put it all together on the airplane and blow it. It's always been preposterous, but you still get on the plane and it's still it's just annoying and stupid and pointless, but it's, but you still get on the plane. Now you can't, or theoretically, now you can't. Now what do you do? Now you're locked out. You think that's going to stop there? No, it will continue to the banking, you know, to your, your, uh, cash is gone. Now everything is, is, is digital. Don't comply. Didn't get your digital. It didn't get your health passport. Turn off your banking. This is, this was, this was theoretical when Aaron Russo was talking about it in his documentary Freedom to Fascism. He was talking about it. It was fascinating. It sounded like a million years away uh, and, and definitely evil, but it also sounded a little bit far-fetched, you know, like, oh, well, I don't know if this is really happening, but he says he's having these conversations with Nick Rockefeller. He's saying what the plan is. The plan's here. All those things that Aaron Russo talked about in that documentary are happening now. So, like... Maybe we should start paying attention to guys like that, hmm. paying attention to guys like, you know, David Icke, uh, people, you know, the Bill Cooper who was writing about this. Like these people aren't crazy. They sound crazy because they, they're saying what they're saying is different from the mainstream. So that has a tendency to just sound crazy to some people. And and what they're talking about sounds futuristic and horrific and, you know, all these things. So that sounds a little bit crazy. But we got to get past that, man, because this stuff is actually happening. It's like how many times do these guys have to be right about this stuff before you start to pay attention to it? So, so it, you know, I've, 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 been, I've been talking about this one part in, in particular for a long time because I think it's really important. And that is – that the first step is the conversation. The first step is that we have to talk about these things. Before anything changes, we need to have the conversation about what is really going on with this world. And unfortunately, it's dark. The conversation is it doesn't 
end with, and we all lived happily ever after right now. So, you, you know, it's, it's all, it's not always the best time or place or audience to, to, to have that rough conversation about the world that we're currently living in. But if we don't start with that, they're going to steamroll us. They're, they're going, and, and most people are going to wave their flags and clap for their, their dear leader and have, and be blissfully ignorant. And you, and, and many of us will say that won't happen to us. That won't happen. How did they get all the people on the trains in world war two? They told them they were being relocated to the East. Mm. They lied to them. And once you're on the train, it was over for you. How many people are going to be relocated to the East with a vaccine passport? Yeah. It's the same thing, mm. man. It'll be over for you. It's too late. You took the vaccine. You're fucked. It's too late for you, man. It's over. So the conversations about these things have to happen now. We're running out of time. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I take no pleasure in that. I don't like talking about this. And then I'm not trying to scare people necessarily, not for the sake of just scaring them. But if it sounds scary, well, then maybe pay attention because this stuff is actually happening. It's being rolled out. The people that in, in government are the useful idiots being used to roll this stuff out. You can hate them all you want. I certainly do. But it's much bigger than them. It's much f higher up the pyramid than them where these orders are coming from. And the transformation of society is in motion currently. So, uh, you know, and, 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 and let's not allow ourselves to – discount that by saying well we're always changing society's always changing that is true but this dark agenda this technocratic agenda um has the ability to change us from being human beings into something else this transhumanist agenda um is very real and very scary and it's not just science fiction movies that we like um it, it's it's minority report becoming real. It's talking about pre-crime in actual terms, talking about pre-crime using AI to set up pre-crime. It's, you know, it's talking about, uh, you know, social media, uh, passport systems where you, you, social credit scores and things like that. No longer theoretical actually happening in Shenzhen, China with facial recognition cameras. The future is now. And the future, unfortunately is really dark. It really is it's something I want. Um, something I want to want to cover and just bring up here. This thought that I had earlier with these um, health passports. We all know the PCR test is is pretty much useless in detecting. Yeah. Um, it can detect. If anyone doesn't know out there, the PCR test de detects a genetic code. There's nothing saying that that genetic code is going to cause illness or disease. So it just detects the genetic code. It doesn't tell you how much of that genetic code or um, or genetic material you have in you, whether it's alive, dead. It just says that at some point in your life you had this genetic code. doesn't tell you anything else. So a PCR test on its own is, is pretty fucking useless. So if you need a blood test afterwards to say whether you, you are infectious, and, and clearly if you're not showing any symptoms, you're not diseased and you're not ill. So the PCR test on its own is, is useless. So if you're going daily... Or monthly to have a PCR test done to get a green light so it'll be green amber red on your health passport green go traffic light system red no if you're getting the green from the PCR test that means that green means absolutely nothing and it's a thought occurred to me today 
does that green actually come from if you're plugging it into an algorithm system go from an actual data pooling of have you been a good boy on social media have you been saying the right things and actually the green is nothing to do with the test at all the green is to do with a, a compliance test and that'll ping green only really if you've been behaving yourself the actual test means fuck all yeah I, I, it could be it could be they're collecting your dna from this test as well it could be a, a gigantic uh you know collection scam it could, they're going to get to the point where they know who you are they've got your genetic material and they can just make your life impossible to live unless you get on board with this program so people will say well they're not going to make the max the vaccine mandatory okay well when you can't go to work and you can't get a bank account and you can't go have your kids go to school and you can't get on an airplane and you can't get on a train without the vaccine, then it's pretty fucking mandatory. If I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, because because it, it will, you know, it will impede your your life. You, know, you can't do anything. So so it'll be the non mandatory mandatory vaccine that that and if we give up control of our bodies to these people the worst people in the world that should not and could not be trusted um then we might as well just shoot ourselves in the head because there's no point in going on when you've given you know away the most important thing the sovereignty of your own body your soul your to to us to the state you're no you know it will end it will end in piles of bodies like it ended with Mao and in Khmer Rouge and Hitler and Stalin and these megalomaniacs they will they will take over everything and call the herd because that's how they think so we're not we're not going to you're not going to improve your health by taking an experimental vaccine for an illness with a 99.997% recovery rate depending on your age this is this is for people that are bad at math, bad at statistics, and very and controlled by fear. Um, they're the ones that will rush into it. And boy, man, I, I just have to I just have to say that if you if you are if you are in a huge hurry to get the experimental vaccine, you you have to check your fear. You have to check yourself. You have to stop before you do that because. There's no real good reason for it except that they're trying to scare you into it. And people make bad decisions when they're making them from a place of fear. It's the worst place. It's the worst place in the world to 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 make your have your decision making come from because you're thinking differently. You're 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 in a fight or flight sort of uh, mentality, and you you're you're prioritizing just staying alive in the moment. In, in a, in exchange for in your throwing away having uh, staying alive long term and having a high quality of life well you, you got to get a, you got to get away from the fear and i'm and i'm constantly conflicted lately about part of me it's a smaller part but it is, but if i'm honest about it there is part of me that kind of is like then take the vaccine you dummy 
you know, if you're so if you're so willfully ignorant and you're so willing to trust your government and trust your television and what Donald Trump tells you or Joe Biden tells you or Boris Johnson and you want to take the vaccine because you think it's going to make and you have done no research into any of this and you're the first person in line and you think all of us are conspiracy. Th- well, then fucking take it then, dummy. Go take it and see what it does to you. And then I'll just tell you that after that. Don't come looking for sympathy from us because we warned you about this. We weren't conspiracy theorists. We weren't acting unhinged. We were telling you, we were showing you actual evidence. We were showing you data that doesn't support this. And you went and did it anyway because your television told you to. And, you know, and I have no respect for those people. At my core, I want them all to be well. But man, I got to be honest, there is part of me that just kind of says, well, then go for it. Go for it. If you're going to be that mindless and that big of a lemming, then go run off the cliff with all the other people. I'll be standing way in the back watching you and I'll be saying, oh, well, you know, oh, well, this is this is my my roommate after college. We used to always uh, we lived together for a long time and we would watch the nightly news and there'd be somebody that would have done something unbelievably stupid and got themselves killed for it. And he would always say to me, I'm going to file this under. Oh, well. You know, because it's some, there's some points where you just say to people like, Oh, you're going to go do this. Oh, you're going to go stand in that circle. And then you're going to, or you're going to go, you know, Oh, well you get what you have coming for you. You know, I, I have, I have, I am losing my patience and I'm losing my empathy and sympathy for, for the, the sheep out there mm. because i have no respect for them, but I still want them to be alive and not get destroyed by the big bad wolf that's coming for them. But like, if they're going to spend their time telling me how I'm crazy for pointing the most obvious fact that something really bad is coming, then, then I, I kind of, you know, part of me is, is just like, well, then let's see who's right in this. Because if you're wrong about the vaccine, your life is over. If I'm wrong about it, well, I didn't take it. I'll still be me doing me, you know, the best I can. But if you're wrong about about what what's in that vaccine and what that means and the nanobots and the, the oh, if you're wrong about it, it's the end of your life as you know it. If I'm wrong, I get a second chance, right? Oh well, yeah. I was wrong about the vaccine thing. I guess I can always get the vaccine now if I if I you know now that I was shown that I was wrong. But if you're wrong, it's over for you. So it's a, there's way more at stake. And and it's funny because because we're the ones that do the research. We're the ones that look into it and talk about it and talk to people that know more about it than we do. And we have them on our shows and we do these things. And yet we're the first people to get criticized for being idiots about all of this. It's just it's just so backwards. I now. I'm not trying to put myself in the same category of David Icke, but I now understand what he what he's going through for all this time where, you know, people crossing the street so they didn't have to be on the same side of the street as him. And he's got to be thinking like, yet I know so much more about how this world really works than you and you're shitting on me for it. Like you, you should come get this information from me, not belittle me for it. You know, it's just, but it goes back to this power of the media and the power of, of, of us, um, especially in the United States, collectively outsourcing our critical thinking to other people, to, to talking heads on television, to politicians, to Bill Gates, to these people. We're like, oh, I don't want to think. Thinking's hard. 
you think for me and tell me what I'm supposed to think. You know, tell me how I'm supposed to feel about Syria. Tell me how I'm supposed to feel about vaccines. I don't want to dig into it. I got stuff to do, you know. Well, if that's what winds up happening and if that's how you approach the world, then then you're going to be in a, in a, in a, a situation where you're, you're relying on, on what a, a Bill Gates tells you to do. And maybe Bill Gates has different plans for humanity than than you do. And next thing you know, you're following his 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 lead and he's leading you right off a cliff. Yeah, let's just do a little bit before we wrap up there, a little bit of dot connecting here. So, guys, this is as simple as I can make it for you. Bill Gates, dad, was head of Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood was a eugenics cult, deeply racist cult. His mum was in with the board of IBM. IBM funded Microsoft into existence as a favour for Bill Gates' mum. IBM created all the technology for the Nazi war camps. The Nazi war camps were funded into existence by the fucking Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the banking families. This is what I'm saying. We're seeing the Fourth Reich. Jim Miles spoke about this in his incredible book. The Nazis never went away. They put on science schmocks they got into big business they got into banking well they were in banking anyway they went into all of these tech companies you are seeing the nazis now crawling out from the woodworks all of these slick doctors and be aware there's a lot of doctors coming out talking against this stuff that really don't have your best interests at heart as well and you'll notice them because they come out of nowhere they come out of nowhere they've all got the same slicked haircut they always some reason they all seem to want to wear their nurses or doctor's uniform even though they don't need to because they're out in public so be aware that this both sides have been co-opted as well that there is another side to this and a lot of them around trump and a lot of them are around this QAnon stuff that are connected to scientology especially scientology was connected to the moonies and the cia so guys this goes runs very very fucking deep as well but that's a little dot connector there bill gates connected through microsoft to IBM, IBM funded the Nazis, Nazis were funded by the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and they, this is what I'm saying, it's the same fucking people, so guys this is really easy research to do, so if you're going to get a Bill Gates sponsored Gavi vaccine you are taking a Nazi vaccine don't get on the train guys this has been Charlie Robinson, I hope we've lit a fire up your ass because now is the time to get pissed off about this because this is what your children, your grandchildren are going to have to live with. If you're not pissed off right now, then you really have fell asleep at the wheel. You should be angry. There's nothing wrong with being angry when someone is starting to attack and facilitate fascism against your family and your loved ones and you. You are being prodded, pushed and abused. You should be fucking angry. You have every right to be angry and act accordingly. You act angry when someone tries to bully you. That's a normal reaction. Don't feel bad about being angry. Don't feel bad about being pissed off. Be pissed off. That's what's going to frighten these people into stop bullying you. You you attack a bully back and you get angry back at them and they shit themselves and run off. You're looking at a bunch of geeks who are about £110 sopping wet. They wouldn't say boo to you in the street. These are geeks. The geeks have inherited the earth at the moment. Fight back. Be angry. Be pissed off. It's good. You should be pissed off because if you're not, if you're not, ang- if you're not getting it out there, it's going to eat you alive. 
and you're gonna kids are gonna have to live with this. I've just had a little boy. He's three and a half months old. I know Charlie's got children. We don't want people to grow up in this world like this. This is now. This is seven months into this bullshit with a few thousand years worth of preparation behind it. Look what's going to be happening in six months' time. Guys, get pissed off, get angry, and start pushing back. Say no, fuck off, I'm not having it. Charlie, I'll leave you with the last words. I like being pissed off. I like chatting to you because we should be pissed off about this, and we should be angry, and we shouldn't be letting it eat ourselves alive and taking it out on the people around us through frustration. Yeah. It, 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 it is okay to be mad about this. In fact, if you're not mad about it, then you're probably not fully paying attention to what's happening. Um, be strategic, you know, don't, don't waste your time on people that are never going to get it. If you see the lights are off, nobody's home in that guy's head, move on to somebody else. Um, I've had best, the best success that I've had getting conversation, getting these sorts of things going with people that are, you know, normies as James Corbett would call them, you know, people that aren't really into this topic is to ask them a question about what do you think about this? I've seen this something interesting recently. What do you think about this? And they would say, I didn't know anything about that. Well, well, now you do. What? Where do you think this is going? I don't know. That method of conversation, of asking questions and making it a dialogue, two-way street works way better than me standing on a street corner with a megaphone yelling at everybody, telling them, this is how it is, this is how it's going, this is what's happening, this is what you need to do. Nobody likes that. They don't like being told what to do. So if you can find a way, if, you're, if you've got this information or you're in, interested in this information and you want to get people around you in, involved in this as well, you want to sort of spread the word, do it in a participatory way where you make it a conversation that includes them, not a monologue directed at them because nobody likes that. If you do it, and I and I say this from experience because I've gone down that path and I've made people mad and they didn't it didn't work and it didn't it didn't do what I wanted to do. But the conversation method works a lot better. So be nice about it at first, get the conversation going. I'm not saying be the angry guy all the time, but it should make you angry what is happening. And that is one of our emotions, one of the natural emotions that we have. There's nothing wrong with it because sometimes getting angry about things brings out the best in you. Michael Jordan used to have to invent slights by other players. That player didn't shake my hand after the game. So I'm going to bury him the next time I see he would get himself all worked up and angry because that was what he needed to do to focus and just be at the top of his game. Some of us, you got to get You got to get yourself angry, get yourself fired up because that's how you you get really motivated and you go out there and you are bet at your best. There's a lot to be angry about. Don't be an angry person, you know, because that doesn't necessarily work. But channel some of that anger and frustration that you're seeing out there, wherever you see it. I see a lot of it everywhere. Channel that into something productive, getting that conversation going, talking about these things, getting, you know, putting people together, standing up and uh, against this tyranny. Because if we don't stop it now, it they're, they're never going to stop on their own. They're going to build this world the way they want it. And I and trust me when I say it is not a world you want to live in. So when I had my daughter and when you had your son, the clock resets for us. You know, 
I could I could very easily have said, eh, I don't really care. I'm out of here in 40, 40 more years or whatever. You guys deal with it. But once you have your kids, then you realize, well, now the clock's reset. And now I've got to worry about another 80 years for them, you know? And so what does that look like? And unfortunately, you and I have these conversations and and and, and what it looks like potentially is um, is really dystopian and horrible. But it's not set in stone yet. At least I don't think it is. We could have some conversations about the whole time continuum. Maybe it is set in stone. Maybe we're just barking at ourselves here. But, Possibly. But, but in theory, yeah. there's still time to change the future. But we gotta get we gotta get our asses in gear because um, because they are very good at what they do. We we must give them credit for this. They play a long game. They've thought these things out. They're not perfect, but they put people in positions of power. And they control the structure of society in a way that makes it very difficult for us to see what's actually going on until it's too late. But, but, but we're here. We're alive right now. We're angry. We're talking about it. We've got some ideas on how to fix it. And, uh, and that's a pretty damn good start. So, Charlie, where can people find your work? Where can people find your book and your new book that I, th- I believe is out pretty soon? Got a new book that I wrote with Jeff Berwick, who is the founder of the Dollar Vigilante and Anarchapulco. It's called The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. It should be out shortly. We are just waiting for the foreword is being written right now. Um, as soon as that's done, I'll have it uploaded on Amazon. It'll be available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and, and places like that. You can connect with me through my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. And of course, I have a podcast, Macroaggressions. The video for- format is right here on Iconic. Um, the audio is on Apple and Spotify and iHeartRadio and, and YouTube and places like that. So people can check it out. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter today. Make no promises about tomorrow. I've already <laughs> been kicked off once for asking why why don't we throw bill gates into a volcano um they didn't think that was funny i thought it was funny i was just asking the question speak see see you ask the question you you engage with people i didn't say let's throw bill gates in the volcano i said when are we going to throw bill gates in the volcano but it got my account suspended so you can find me there at macroaggression so uh (laughs) i don't know we'll keep doing this until they make it impossible for us to do it anymore and you got your first book, Octopus of Global Control, obviously. Uh, the available. Octopus of Global Control, yeah, that's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble uh, in paperback format. And if people like the digital version, just get it uh, at my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. You can buy it there. Cheers, guys. Thank you. I hope this has lit a fire up under your asses and you can go out there and start pushing back against this because we need all of the pushback I think we, you know, we can get right now because uh, the steam train is heading down the wrong side of the tracks. But we can push it back. There's many, many of us. There's hundreds of thousands of us doing this work. It's growing every day. Um, but we do need to push back now. So, guys, get angry if you need to get angry. Get productive. But there is a lot we can do. But we need to do it now. Not tomorrow. This has gone far for too far down the track that I like in far too quick uh, time. So, guys, head over to glitchingthecode.co.uk. I've got some more articles on there. You'll see all of the other pub podcasts in the series of this i've also got podcasts called the agenda where i just ramble on about some stuff that's happening in the world that's leading towards the end goal of this agenda and i do a podcast called what the actual fuck with gareth ike every couple of weeks where we look at the most weird stories and ask what the actual fuck does that mean and why the hell has that happened that's good fun that's free on youtube 
guys please subscribe please share please go and check out charlie's work he's an incredible man and i really genuinely believe that i believe that uh, i genuinely mean that um the work you're doing it's lovely to chat to you we always have a good laugh and someone who actually understands the whole picture as much as we understand it we we can see top down to bottom and i'm sure there's many many things other realities other versions of the world and the universe where we have no idea what's going on but but we have a good take on on at least this plane anyway so cheers for your time mate cheers for trying again we tried this yesterday skype didn't like the fact oh we didn't mention israel so in this one so probably been all right in this one um guys (laughs) thank you for your time cheers take care bye israel Welcome to Glitch in the Code.